From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Welcome again to the Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpott. Now, today's episode is part of our series of interviews about the sovereignty of God in evangelism. Dr. Richard Caldwell sat down recently with Anthony Kidd for a conversation on this topic during the Truth and Love Conference at Founders Baptist Church. Now, you can learn more about this conference at truthinlove.org. And don't forget to like this video, leave your comments below, and especially subscribe to our YouTube channel. Now, let's listen as Dr. Caldwell and Anthony Kidd discuss the doctrines of grace. Anthony, it's a joy having you here with us this weekend. It's been a joy to get to meet you. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've known about your ministry from a mutual friend, Kerry Hardy, and yeah. also watched you preach online, yeah. uh, which blessed me, but it's good to have you here this weekend. Yeah. We're talking about God's sovereignty and evangelism. So I was just gonna ask you if you could tell us about your own story with these doctrines, you know, yeah. when you were first exposed to the doctrines yeah. of grace and yeah. your journey with yeah. these truths. No, and uh, let me just say, it's great to be here. I've enjoyed the fellowship, getting to know you and appreciate your ministry. So thank you, thank you for having me. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was shortly after I got saved and um, I started listening uh, to actually John MacArthur on the radio. And at the time he was preaching through uh, Romans, the book of Romans, and he was in chapter one. Mm. And that was, unbeknownst to me, the first exposure that I had to particularly the uh, total depravity, mm. the depravity of man. And so that was just, it was resonating with me, but I never heard it so succinctly put that this is the condition, mm. you know, of all men. So that started my journey to says, okay, let me, let me listen to some more of him. And that led me to some other authors and I got exposed, uh, especially to the system of the mm -hmm. doctrines of grace, more particularly uh, through R.C. Sproul. Yes. Uh, the first book that I read that really just exploded my thinking. So I was a, I was an Armenian. I think he's like born an Armenian. <laughs> you know, you just you just grew up that way. At least in, in my circles that I grew up. Was it chosen by God? It was chosen yeah. by God. Yeah. So I got a hold of chosen by God, or better stated chosen by God got a hold of me. Yeah. And that just really opened up my mind to uh, the system of Calvinism. And, and don't get me wrong, it, it was biblical, but the challenge that I had at the time is like, okay, this is a, this is a theological system. Right. And there were scriptures scattered there, but I just wanted to go to the Bible, mm. you know, to really be able to validate what I was learning. It says, okay, does the Bible teach this through? And so in my own limited way, I actually just started studying the book of Ephesians. Mm. And I was at a Bible study with a couple of people and we were just going through, we had a couple of concordances and some Bible dictionaries and we were just gonna go through it and say, can we find wow. these doctors that we're reading about? Mm. Can we find them in scripture? And sure enough, I mean, <laughs> one by one, there it was. I mean, even just getting out of the first chapter mm. and election and predestination and it was all there. You know, even when you get into chapter two, you know, eight through 10 and the gift of faith. And so, um, so my journey was, um, uh, was, was quick. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of pushback because I saw it in the scriptures, you know. I struggled with some things when I started, you know, thinking about, okay, double predestination and some of those other kind of things. I was gonna ask you that, you know, of, of the yeah. five doctrines, or the five truths, yeah. which one was the hardest for you to embrace? Yeah, um, probably like many people, it's, it's in the middle, this is the L, it's the limited uh, atonement, yeah, right. you know, really trying to, 
figure that one out. You know, I grew up even before I was saved having John three sixteen. Yeah. You know, just pounded into my mind. You know. God so loved the world, and so I said, God loves the world, and now you're telling me that, okay, he didn't die for everyone. And I think the turning point for me was understanding that the question really is God's intention Mm. in the atonement. Right. That really helped me Mm. uh, to take a step back. You know, the design of the atonement, what was God achieving? Mm. I was trying to get through, okay, if he has an infinite not life, isn't it an infinite value? And just, I was wrestling with those questions, but if you take a step back, at least in my understanding no, of the I, doctrine, I agree with you. It's good. you're really trying to answer the question, what was the design of God the Father mm. in the atonement that he would send his son to accomplish? What, what's his design? If his design is to save an already chosen people, mm. then I think logically you have to come to the end that that's what he did. Mm. You know, and so that really helped me, you know, and I I can't remember who I read that really pressed that home. So once that domino fell, then they Mm. go, okay, it's there, you know, and and it's beautiful and it's and it's scriptural. It's Mm. textual. I um, I had a professor that used to always say as much as possible, uh, keep Bible doctrine in Bible dress. That's so good, yeah. You know, and so even for me, just in my preaching, um, you know, I don't preach so much theological systems, systems. as it were, but right. I just want to preach expositorily, verse by verse, book by book, and when the doctrines come up, point people to it, because at that point, then their argument isn't so much with me, and oh, you're just a Calvinist, mm-hmm. or you're just trying to peddle this reform theology, but allow Jesus to speak. Amen. Allow the Apostle Paul to speak. Amen. Yeah. There'll be some, yeah. no doubt, some young pastors who see this or yeah. older pastors who see this and still have the same question I'm going I'm to raise. Yeah. You may have just answered the question, but yeah. let's dig a little bit deeper. So you're a pastor. You become convinced of these doctrines. Yeah. Now we get to preaching these yeah. doctrines to the church. Yeah. How would you suggest someone introduce a church yeah. to these things? Yeah. And I just repeat what I just said, I, you know, carefully. Yes. Prayerfully. Is there a point though, Anthony, where even though you've you've seen the doctrine here yeah. in this particular text and seen the doctrine over here in another yeah. particular text, is there a time when you try to help your people tie these things together I think so. into a, in a yeah, systematic I, way? I think so. And maybe I can, I can say it like this, because even when you think about, um, I, I, I rarely use labels about myself. Yeah. So I don't think, people have said, hey, Pastor Kid, so you're a Calvinist or whatever it is. Right. I rarely, what I tell people is, is that I'm a sovereigntist. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're saying. We're saying that God is sovereign. He's sovereign in creation. He's sovereign in providence. And he's sovereign in redemption. Amen. And that flows from Genesis 1-1 all the way until the end of the, sure of, the, of the canon of Scripture. And so even if you're preaching and you're not necessarily dealing with one of the you know, uh, doctrines of grace, you still are seeing the sovereignty of God. God. And so I think... Uh, for a young pastor, if he's preaching and wherever he might be preaching, that if he's just careful with the text and seeing that God's sovereign hand is all over the scripture and he points that up when he gets to the place where he may do a mini series on the doctrines of grace or at least try to introduce one by one, that he's already done the hard work of kind of cultivating the ground for people to embrace that. Yes, we've been told and we've been hearing that God is sovereign. So if that's the case, what then does that mean when it comes to our salvation? Mm. Um, so I think 
that that's the first work that I want to do mm. uh, with my people that I'm preaching to, to hold up just a high view of the sovereignty of God and then begin to apply it. So what does that mean then for um, who is saved and how they're saved and the work of Christ and whether or not people who are saved persevere until the end. Mm. So yeah. What I love about what you're saying too is there's a sense in which even uh, any doctrine, not yeah. just this doctrine, yeah. our people will not be convinced of, yeah. we would not be convinced of, if we weren't convinced of the nature of Scripture. Yeah. Yeah. That it's inerrant. That's right. That it's sufficient. That's right. That it's yeah. authoritative. Yeah. So I, I, would, I would think one of the first steps for a pastor is yeah. to say, listen, whatever this book teaches, yeah. this is what we believe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. even when it conflicts with our emotions or the that's way great. we've been brought yeah. up or yeah. whatever, yeah. you've got to establish the authority of yeah. Scripture in yeah. the life of the congregation. Yeah. And that's a great clarifying thought, too. It just, uh, yeah, and that's even, that's even underneath. That's what's holding up high the sovereignty of God mm -hmm. is the authority of Scripture. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and pastors... Um, you know, can get a sense of where the congregation is mm -hmm. with that. And then once they're there, um, and you just tell them, let's go where the Bible Amen. takes us. Let's go. And, and I think the other thing, too, is, is for a pastor just to acknowledge, I mean, pastors are in different spaces, to acknowledge with the people that, you know, we've wrestled with some of these truths, that we haven't That's always right. been there. And some of these make us feel a little uncomfortable because they push against kind of some of our you know cultural sensibilities mm -hmm. or even the sinful tendencies that we have and I, and I think that's helpful to let the congregation know that we had to wrestle with some of these Amen. truths as well and and be as patient with the congregation as God that's was good. patient with us that's very I good think. in fact you know we're discussing before we did this you know there's even a wrestling there's there's that wrestling that happens in the intellectual realm yeah. but then there's a wrestling that happens when right. you have to apply these truths to your own life that's right. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know things going on in our own lives so that's right. yeah. talk about how these doctrines have shaped your ministry yeah. and shaped even your own personal life yeah yeah well let me just start with uh, just maybe ministry and I, I think the biggest thing has been, as I said, it just not one particular doctrine per se, but just understanding the sovereignty, the sovereignty of, God. of God in um, building His church, which would be inclusive of election mm -hmm. and uh, and the atonement and the irresistible grace and then the perseverance to realize that um, regardless of what I might be able to see with the naked eye in any snapshot of period of time in mm -hmm. the ministry, that God is sovereignly working. Amen. And that doesn't mean that I get lazy. That doesn't mean that I can't you know, be a better shepherd, be a better preacher, um, but to recognize that if these truths are actually true, mm. then God is going to accomplish his purposes. And so he's chosen to use frail, you know, weak clay jars. like us, <laughs> you know, clay jars, broken clay pots. That's right. Um, but he's being faithful. And so um, what that does for me, uh, I think, Richard, is um, I don't get too high. Mm. You know, recognizing that any good that is happening in the ministry is not as a result of me, mm -hmm. but is owing to the yeah. sovereign grace and goodness and kindness of God. Yeah. And then I don't get too low, you know, if things aren't working according to whatever my expectations might be, then God is sovereign over that and he's allowing that to be. But that doesn't mean that his work isn't still going according to his plan. So it's a... It's a very humbling doctrine. I, I remember listening to um, Sinclair Ferguson preach through uh, Ephesians chapter one, and he just did it with such skill. And he just talked about what the doctrine should do to the Christian. Mm. It is very humbling. Mm. It just brings you to a place where you recognize that, oh, this is all of God, you know, and to see the wonder 
that you get to participate in the unfolding of his sovereign plan. And if that doesn't humble you, then nothing will. And then also, it's comforting. It's comforting to know that these people's salvation and their sanctification isn't dependent upon me. Because you know, yeah, yeah. if it were, oh boy, we're all they would be in a mess. <laughs> you know? So it's comforting that I can, you know, on my best days and worst days, I can pillow my head on a Sunday evening and go, Lord, you know, boy, that sermon wasn't that good. Or, boy, I'm, I miss talking to that family. Oh, you know, I said something that caused somebody to stumble, but realize that God is still in control. So I can take comfort in that. And then maybe thirdly, I remember him saying that, uh, it's so encouraging, mm. you know, and you know, you've been pastoring for many years, longer than I have, Richard, and uh, you can become really discouraged in mm. ministry, you know, and you see things and uh, you see people struggling and you see the hardship, um, you see sin uh, in your own life, in, right. in, in the congregation's life, um, and you can come to the point of despair, mm. you know, you can, you can be like Elijah who just, Lord, I'm, I'm done, it's over. <laughs> And God's like, no, I got this, Amen. you know? And I, I think doctrines like this that we hold dear um, are an encouragement just to put wind back on your sail. Personally, you know, I say all of that just in my own personal life, yeah. you know, in my own sanctification, realizing that God is not finished with me, praise the Lord for Amen. that. He's not finished with me, nor is he finished with my own family, my wife or, or my yeah. children, and sometimes I can, Look at my own failings and frailties, what I could have done better as a, as a father and as a husband, could be doing better as a father and a husband, but realizing in the end, God is going to bring my family according to his plan for them mm. where he desires for them to be. So at the end of the day, my biggest goal is just simply to be faithful Amen. and trust the Lord for the results. Good word. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Appreciate you doing this for us. Thanks again for joining us for the Straight Truth Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Now you can find links to all of our social media channels by going to our website, straighttruth.net. Now do us a favor, please go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to these episodes there. We release new episodes every Thursday. Also, go to the iTunes podcast section and leave us a review. Now Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.